0: Welcome on in everybody to another edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Gino Camilleri, your host, as always, joining you on this fine Friday, March sixth edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And today we are talking about the interior of the defensive line. One of my favorite positions to watch. My favorite player right now. In the league, Fletcher Cox is an interior defensive lineman and probably the second best one in the league behind Aaron Donald. But as I've been reading through Zach Moore, our good friend who will be on the show's Caponomics book, the more I understand what Schwartz wants out of his interior guys. He wants fastballs. He wants guys that are going to hit home and create pressure. And I think Fletcher Cox is the top example of that in what they want in their scheme. And we're going to talk about that in segment two and three as we always do in this offseason options edition of the podcast. Lou will be here tomorrow talking about edges. And just a quick differentiator, I don't like to say defensive tackle and defensive end. I used edge and interior defensive linemen. It's kind of of what they do in the scouting acumen, and it's a better understanding for what the player does, especially in this type of scheme. I mean, on the interior, for Jim Schwartz, you're not just a defensive tackle. You're a guy that has to win in those one-gap areas, regardless if it's from a 0 to a 3 or even a 4 attack. You're going to be relied on to create pressure and get through those gaps, but we'll talk about some guys that we think we can add to this Already pretty good core here in Philadelphia, but first we got some news outside of football. Well, not outside of football, outside of the on-field stuff and the player prospecting, but we're talking about what's going on with Andre Dillard, and this subject to me, I'm going to put it to bed right after I talk about it right now, Andre Dillard's fine like let's let's relax we're we're not writing this kid off, who, by all accounts, was one of the top five offensive tackles in the draft last year, and rightfully so, every team kind of had a high grade on him, especially in pass protection. but we knew that his his run game needed work, and what better place to come under a great coach under stoutland and learn to be one of the best left tackles in the league and He's going to be protecting this team's highest investment in Carson Wentz for the next decade at least, so I'm going to slow down on writing off a young player in Dillard because he had a few bad reps at right tackle. I'm not even going to touch that. I thought he did very well in his his games that he was in last year. Jason Peters, by all accounts, is a, a legend of this organization, but it's time to get younger, it's time to move on, and it's time to get cheaper at positions that you can afford to get cheaper. You have Andre Dillard at a rookie contract. Jason Peters is going to garner probably 10 to $12 million if a team wants to pay him in this offensive tackle-deprived league. Somebody's going to give him money. I mean, they're talking about Big V getting 8 to $12 million, which I think is absolutely insane, but hey, that's the cost of doing business, and the Eagles traded assets to move up and get Andre Dillard because they knew how vital a left tackle was to this organization in moving forward, and... I have no worries in the world about him. I think they did all the right things, keeping Stoutland there, bringing in more offensive minds. I mean, they bring in Marty Morningwig, a guy who's been here before, which I think is another smart idea. If you can have more guys in the kitchen that bring fresh ideas to an offense that was stale for the last two and a half years... By all means, please keep adding to them, and they're only going to make young players get better as if they have a better scheme to succeed in. I mean, look at the Chiefs and look at the Niners. So many young guys on that offensive team for both of them, and they did well because they had a very good scheme. I mean, they are very good players in their own right, don't get me wrong, but Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan are two of the best offensive minds for a reason because they put their players in the best position to win. So I fully believe that they have everything that it takes in that front office, in that organization, in that coaching staff, in that development staff to make these young guys work, to make Andre Dillard work. I thought he was very good in the few times that he played last year he did have some hiccups but for a young left tackle not many of them go out there and succeed as well as you would expect Andre Dillard to have done like I say on Twitter all the time I'm sure everybody is sick of me saying it let's just relax let's let time take its toll and let's let these guys develop because You don't have the luxury of signing high-profile free agents at every position to fix every need, and you have to fix some things through the draft. And that's exactly what they did with Andre Dillard, and that's hopefully what they do at Interior of Defensive Line coming up in this 2020 class, and I'm very excited about it. I was very excited about last year. You guys knew on all the mocks that I was loving those interior guys. I love a lot of them this year. I think there's some high-quality guys that they can bring into Philly to put next to Fletcher Cox and really succeed for the near future. So join us on segment two as we talk, talk draft options for the interior of the defensive line. Welcome on back and come on back. Thanks for coming on back and welcome on back, everybody, to segment two. Of this Friday, March 6th edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And now that we could talk about actual football and stuff that excites me. None of these offseason rumors really excite me. I-, I like to see football players play football. And man, there are some dang good ones in this upcoming draft class. But before we start to talk about the draft, let's talk about the current state of this Eagles interior defensive line. We have Fletcher Cox signed through. I mean, the year 3000, basically. His contract is one of the longest in the NFL, rightfully so. He's a top two defensive player in the league, top two interior defensive player in the league by all accounts. He's right behind Aaron Donald, and on some days, he's better than Aaron Donald, in my opinion. Next to him, you have a guy who didn't see much action because he went down to injury, much like everybody else on this roster did last year. Unfortunately, on the last snap of the first game of the season, Malik Jackson Super Bowl champion Malik Jackson went down to injury was really brought in to play that fastball position That Jim Schwartz loves people were low on his run-stopping ability That's because this team wasn't focused on a guy who was a good run stuffer in the interior This game is about pressuring the quarterback and what better way to do it? than getting pressure in the interior. You've always heard Tom Brady talk about him being able to beat pressure off the edge, and the statistics are there to beat it, to show it, and prove it, but the pressure up the middle is where the greats see fits, and I think Brandon Graham showed that to the fullest in Super Bowl 52 when he was lined up as a three-tech, and I praise three-tech Brandon Graham because I think that's arguably his best position in football. He creates absolute fits for guys on the interior because he's so much quicker than those guards that really rely on their mass and being able to survive in short areas. But if you can create pressure in the interior on the quarterback, you are going to win a lot of football games because you are going to not allow him to see a lot of the field. You're not going to allow him to step up and have those extra few seconds but even if you have guys in the interior that can affect the pocket, you have to have guys in the back end that can cover. It's, it's a seesaw. So right now you have the guys up front that can get it done. You have Fletcher Cox. You have Malik Jackson. You still have a young Anthony Rush, a young Bruce Hector. You have guys there that you can develop you have a few guys who are hitting free agency that I wouldn't mind seeing them come back in Tim Jernigan and Hassan Ridgway, especially Ridgway, I think has a very good chance of coming back because, I mean, they gave up a fourth round pick for him, how he loves his assets, and if he's given up an asset for you, he's going to make sure that you are in this organization for the long haul, and Ridgway was playing very good football, before he got that injury last year, and I think I think Philip Daniels, in my opinion, got the short end of the stick, I thought he did a good job coaching up that defensive front, but my opinion isn't like many others, but that's just mine. Uh, I think Ridgeway is definitely a guy I would love back. Healthy Tim Jernigan, in my opinion... Is one of the better players in football On the interior And I mean even Vinnie Curry Did some good work on the interior So I think there are plenty of options That are familiar with how this front is run Guys that were on your team Less than six months ago That maybe you can bring them back But the better option to me Is to bring in guys on rookie deals That you can bring along And develop to the fullest extent And man What What a class. I think that you're looking at a guy like Derek Brown. You're looking at a guy like Javon Kinlaw. Two just absolutely polarizing players on the interior. Absolute men among men. They just, their physical profiles. They're both 6'5 plus 300 pounds. They just fit exactly what the modern day NFL interior rusher is meant to be. Look at last year. Jeffrey Simmons. One of my favorites. He was exactly that. Six foot five, 300 plus pounds with a wingspan that he could basically flap his arms and take off like a little jet engine because he was that long and rangy. And that's what these guys need. Look at Fletcher Cox. Look at Malik Jackson. Both of these guys are huge individuals. So why not bring more size into that interior? Schwartz loves to stop the run, but he also loves to get after the passer. But if you can have the best of both worlds, by all means, I am a hundred percent on board. And a lot of people are talking about wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver early on. To me, I think you have to take advantage of the market deficiency in guys that are going to overdraft offensive players and go at these high-profile draft picks at maybe a position like corner, maybe a position like safety. But man, it. You're not gonna tell me that if Javon Kinlaw makes it into the late teens, that Howie Roseman wouldn't be itching to try and trade up and get a guy like that, because he by all stretch of the imagination, he's a first-round talent. He has some elite traits, and Malik Jackson isn't gonna be the future there. We know Fletcher Cox will be. The future for as long as he wants to be in Philadelphia, but they need a number two that they can really bring in and be that second guy. And they love a rotation. So why not bring in another guy like Kinlaw early on that can be that low cost option? Because Jackson, after next year, he's gone. So now you have Javon Kinlaw for two more years after Malik Jackson's gone, and you even have the chance to have that fifth year option. So you're going to have three years of him and Fletcher Cox, and Kinlaw's on a rookie deal. To me, that is huge, and I we're talking about double-dipping a ton in this draft. This is another position I would absolutely double-dip on because there is so much depth here in this class. I haven't even began to talk about it. I mean, you mentioned the top guys in in Brown and Kinlaw. Kinlaw is a personal favorite of myself. I per, personally prefer him over Derek Brown, but hey, to each their own, trust your own eyes. Uh, guys like Neville Gallimore are huge. I think that Madabuke out of Texas A&M Is going to get more love as the draft gets closer Just an absolute athletic freak in his own right There are guys that I love later on Guys like Devon Hamilton I had to study him for the Scout Academy He's a big, big certified people mover Surprisingly good first step for how big he is And he could take on doubles very well So if you have to plan to take on doubles between Devon Hamilton and Fletcher Cox, good luck to you. I, I want to know how you're going to game plan for nearly 700 pounds of man. That's that's just a tough one to look at. But going on, you have guys like Larell Murchison. I uh, I have to give give him some credit. Chad Reuter, when I was going down to Mobile, I actually he was sitting next to him on the plane. Longtime NFL writer, and he said, keep an eye on Larell Murchison. And I could tell you, I fell in love with the kid. At the Senior Bowl, he's another bigger body, not as tall, six foot two, but still near three hundred pounds. Has a good first step. He likes to get after the passer. Surprisingly nimble for his size, but not gonna be a guy that's gonna come in and start right away. But a guy you could plug into your rotation. Uh, another guy the Eagles talked to, Lecky Fotu. I know they were talking to him in Mobile, Alabama. Another gargantuan of a human being, six foot five. Nearly 350 pounds, just a big-time run-stuffer on the interior. He'd be worth a middle-round option to me. I mean, I think he has the tools that you can develop him into being that fastball type of option. But, man, this list goes on and on. I'm a big Benito Jones fan. There are guys out there like McTelvin Ajeem that you can fall in love with. The Davis brothers from Nebraska tested out. Out of this world at the Combine last week, according to relative athletic scores, they both posted plus above 9.5 ratings for their relative athletic scores, which is absolutely insane. There's just... The modern day interior rusher to me is such an electric position because they can be game changers because they can rush the passer and at the same time they can get off blocks and take down these big running backs, especially in the NFC East when you're having to take on guys like Zeke Elliott and Darius Geis when he's healthy and Saquon Barkley, guys that are not going to be taken down at first contact. But if you have guys on the interior that are six foot five plus 300 pounds, that's only going to add to your arsenal that you have. And that's the route that I'm going if I'm Howie Roseman. I'm attacking this position not by free agency. Maybe bring in a, a veteran option or two. But I'm attacking this via the draft because I think there are plenty of options. You can go early. You can go day two. There are guys late in day three that have good pass rushing traits. So to me, this is just going to be... Uh, a fool's gold almost in, in the most opposite extent. They're going to have just a pure group of pass rushers on the interior and Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson. And I mean, if you want to throw Brandon Graham in the three tech and you bring back Vinnie Curry, he can run some reps at the three tech and just bring in some young guys, resign Ridgeway, have a guy like say you want to bring in uh, a Laurel Murchison or say you land a Javon Kinlaw early on. That rotation as long as it is healthy, is exactly what Schwartz defense needs to succeed. And hopefully we see a healthy interior in 2020. I'm fingers crossed that we don't have the luck we've had the past couple seasons. But that's all for talking the draft. In the next segment, segment three, we are going to talk about guys that maybe we can sign off the street in, in this very rich market. Supply and demand might take hold and we might have some favorable interior defensive line contracts that maybe will suit the Eagles and bring in a veteran option. So come on back after this. We will be welcoming you on back to segment three of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. So welcome on back and thank you for coming back to join me on the Lockdown Eagles podcast on this fine Friday, March sixth edition of the show. We're talking the trenches. We're talking interior defensive linemen. We're talking the guys that they're not going to show up on the stat sheet every day, but guys that in Jim Schwartz's system have to be relied on to create pressure because that's what the modern day NFL is. So to me, when I'm looking at guys that I would like to bring to town, I like to see how they affect the pocket, how many QB hits, how many pressures they have this is why I love Fletcher Cox so much, is because that's what he makes his money on. He's never going to be a double-digit sack guy, but he's going to wreak havoc all day long on the interior. And there are some guys that I wouldn't mind bringing them to town to help out on that interior on low-cost contracts because right now, this market is absolutely saturated with young players that are going to look for their second contract. I mean, look at the top 10 Uh, Interior defensive linemen According to QB hits And their ages Jordan Phillips of Buffalo He's 27 years old Had 15 QB hits DJ Reader 26 year old He had 13 QB hits David Onyemada 27 years old He had 11 QB hits I'm not going to go on But you see the trend Guys that are in their mid-20s Looking for those second deals That can create pressure And that's what Jim Schwartz, I believe, would look at in this class. And a few guys that I would look to go for, I would say you stay right in-house and you stick with Hassan Ridgway. To me, that's the best way to go. Because you know what he is, you've seen fair production out of him, he fits the mold, you brought him here for a reason, you gave up a fourth-round draft pick to bring him here, and he's only 25 years old. To me, that's exactly a type of player I want to keep here. And same with Tim Jernigan. He's only 27, for that matter. If you can wait around in this class and see guys start to not sign those contracts, which you thought they may have signed, and you see it start to go in the way of the safety position that we've seen the last couple of years where there are just so many good players that you're not seeing these oh, these high-profile contracts, maybe you're waiting there and you you find a guy like Malik Collins that you want to bring in give them a shot or uh, uh, Antoine Woods for that matter. I, I know we're talking about Dallas Cowboys, but there are some players that they're young. You want to give them a chance. You want to see if they're going to earn that second contract, bring them in for one year. There's no reason that you shouldn't want to bring in a guy like DJ Reader from Houston or a guy like Javon Hargrave from Pittsburgh. I mean, there's just so many young players that I find could just fill that role of that fourth defensive tackle or even the fifth guy that can just get rotational reps, push your rookie that you're going to bring in for playing time. I don't think it's a position you want to spend more than $5 million on because you already have big money invested in Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson. But to me, I still think you need a third veteran presence there. If you can't keep one of the guys around, maybe one of the guys that you had in town like Tim Jernigan or Ridgeway, Maybe you bring in a guy like Tyler Davison or some of these young guys that I mentioned on Yamada and so on and so forth. There's so many of them. I I could sit here and tell you which ones I like, but I like about everybody at that position because I think everyone brings a different element to it. And you just want like a bullpen in baseball. You just want guys that can throw different pitches, give you different looks, present different specialties and what they're best at in the rush game and let them get fresh legs behind Fletcher Cox and behind Malik Jackson and take some of those reps away from them so that those guys can come back fresh because Fletcher Cox man he played way too many snaps last year in my opinion you want him fresh all the time especially on first and third down when you need to create those those big turnover type plays those big pressure setting plays you want him fresh so more guys in the interior the better Plenty of ways you can go about this, re-signing guys that you had in the building last year, looking to the draft, bringing in a 25 to 28-year-old looking for a second contract. I think Howie's going to have some fun with this position. I would love to have another young developmental piece on the defensive line to add to Sharif Miller, to add to Josh Schwett. Can never have too many guys to get to the quarterback because ultimately this game is about moving the football in the air. And who does that best? The quarterback. What is the quarterback's worst enemy? Guys that can create pressure. So keep bringing more to them. Keep bringing fastballs into Philadelphia to join these big guys up front because frankly, I know people were complaining about the sack numbers. If there is coverage, the sacks will come just trust the process and Philadelphia will be all right on the defensive line. So that's going to wrap it up for me today on this fast Friday, fine Friday here in Buffalo, New York. Hope you, you guys in Philadelphia are all great and all our fans across the globe are doing well. Everybody's staying healthy. Thank you guys. Every time you turn on our show, it just brings me joy to know that people like what we do and, I love the chance that I have every single time I hop on this microphone to share my opinion, and thank you guys for listening. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at Gino underscore L-O-E. At DiBiase L-O-E is my co-host. I can't wait till he's back, and we're talking football. Can't wait until we're out of this offseason because, man, I am sick of some of these takes but as long as you guys bring good opinions i'm always there to talk shop so catch me on twitter catch us where you get all your podcasts and catch us on the next episode of the lockdown eagles podcast thank you guys always for downloading thank you for listening and fly eagles fly